to another episode of the Mixed Witches podcast. It is the first week of November, which means Ooh. it is holiday Christmas season. Is <laughs> yeah, it's officially holiday season. Yeah. That's all I have for the intro. What what you're going first this time. What are you talking about? Mm, I was drinking water. Sorry. Um I'm talking about the difference between a jinx, a hex and a curse. Ooh, solid. Because they they are different. And if you thought we were done talking about basic witchcraft, uh, apparently you were wrong. We were wrong. We're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, hey, we should uh, probably talk about this. That's important to note. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't have a lot here. Well, in a weird way, it's real simple. Like, it's not rocket science. It's just, we just don't say it. We just don't talk about it. <laughs> Real simple. I have a few bullets for each. A jinx is created with conscious or subconscious intention, meaning you can cast a jinx intentionally or on accident. Its primary use is to bring bad luck. It's usually pretty harmless. A jinx is short-lived. Basically means it comes to do its work and leave. It's just easy to accidentally jinx others with your thought process. A jinx is benign dark magic used to inconvenience or discomfort to the victim. I can think of, I can't, I actually can't think of an accidental one, but I can think it would be you, it would, bad luck and, you know, discomfort. It would be like, you're so mad at you. I hope you step in a puddle with your socks on. (laughs) I was thinking a trip over your shoelace. Yeah. <laughs> Benign. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I hope you stepped up puddle with socks on. I hope when <laughs> you drink your coffee in the morning, it's ice cold. <laughs> <laughs> I hope your cat doesn't love you in the morning. Oh. <laughs> When you open your umbrella and it's pouring outside, there's a hole in it. Oh. <laughs> um, subconsciously, it would be like if you got really mad at somebody in traffic and you thought something. If it happened to them, you did that. You did that. You did it. Maybe you didn't mean it. But that's really bad. Like, too bad for you. Really sucks, because it happened to them. I don't know what you thought, but you thought it. (laughs) Jinx is the word we use in our common vernacular. You know, when you say something at the same time as somebody else, you go, Jinx. 
I don't think most people think about what a jinx actually is, but we use it a lot. So that's a jinx. Now a hex is created consciously with intention. Hexes and curses are not generally done on accident. A jinx is the only one that's done accidentally. Or rather, it can be done accidentally. A hex is created consciously with intention. Its primary use is to inconvenience the target. A hex is normally timed. When performing a hex, there should generally be a time frame or a deadline. It's similar to a jinx, but heavier and longer lasting. So it's generally used to also bring, you know, some sort of bad luck or ill intentions on the victim. Now, a curse is also created consciously with intention. Its primary use is to bring harm, illness, or discomfort to an individual or to a whole bloodline. It can last short term, but more commonly lasts long term, sometimes even for decades and generations. Um, Cursed symptoms can include feelings of dread, constantly being sick, then being better, then being sick, then being better, then being sick again and so on. Also, inexplicable fear. Of course, as with any other magical symptoms, please go see a doctor. Be big brain about it, please. Go see a doctor. And then, after that, we can make decisions on if it's a spiritual or magical affliction, like a curse. A curse is designed to cause direct harm to the victim. So I don't have any examples here for the same reason. I didn't put any examples for necromancy because I will not be pointed the finger at. You cannot blame me. I'm giving you the information. You can't say I told you to do nothing. (laughs) If you want to look up jinxes, hexes, and curses, you do that on your own computer in your own time. (laughs) What you do in your house is your business. I can think rather I can think of movies like, practical magic that's literally what that's about it's a curse it's about a bloodline curse that is a definition of a curse they literally die that i would call direct harm in fact the most direct and most harmful death it also makes me think of like the supposed curses that people who raid egyptian tombs have Mm -hmm. or get get put on So you hear about them. Hexes, for all intents and purposes, hexes are, um, it's like you have mild, medium, and hot, like hot sauces. A jinx is mild, a hex is medium, and a curse is like really spicy hot sauce. The hex is like in the middle, right? It's like medium roast coffee, right? (laughs) (laughs) A jinx is blonde roast, it's barely coffee. And a curse is like dark roast. No creamer. I feel like. (laughs) No sugar, no cream, straight coffee. Dark. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have here that I like the way Sky Alexander describes magic in her book, The Modern Guide to Witchcraft. This is a direct quote. A quote. (laughs) This is a direct (laughs) quote. (laughs) God. Um, In it, she says, 
Magic is ethically neutral, just like electricity is neutral. Both magic and electricity can be used to help or to harm. Magic is simply the intentional use of energy. Casting a magic spell is simply a means to an end. A witch uses willpower to direct energy toward a particular goal. Her intention is what colors the magic white to black or gray. So, many magic users, this is not a dirt quote, this is me, <laughs> uh, end quote to the gray, but uh, many magic users believe that whatever you do comes back like a boomerang. Um, some believe even threefold, so they say you should never ever cast curses, hexes, etc. on another. Whether or not I personally believe this, I'm going to say to you that no matter what anybody else says, it's still up to you what you believe and whether you care or not. Whether or not you should cast hexes and such. Uh, basically, I'm saying I'm not here to tell you what to do. Fair. To your house. You do what the fuck you want in your house. You could cast a curse every day. That's not my business. It's your house. It's your body. It's your <laughs> magic. Yeah. I think it is important, though, that we remember that because I do, I say that to say, I, I don't actually like fear mongering. Whether or not I think you should cast curses is my opinion, and you can feel differently. I don't like to purport the whole, no, you should never, uh, that's your business. And if you, you will answer to whoever you answer to when we get to the end, whoever that is at the end. Uh, but I do feel like it is also important to remember that everything, as we continue to say, over a year of doing this podcast that everything is about intention it is about your intentions this is no different because this is magic all comes back to intention that's my ted talk <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming to my ted talk it, this will never not be everything is about your intentions so anyway that's the difference between a jinx a hex and a curse Although I saw, po hold on, I saw a post on Pinterest where somebody was explaining this, but their attitude, I was like, you better, you better shut all that attitude down, girl. No. I don't want to be talked to like this. This is like words. You're not even speaking to me. You typed this, but I can feel your nasty ass energy. People don't know what they don't know. Okay. Like, goddamn. Somebody left a comment. They were like, why is she talking to me like this? I was like, girl, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Also, to say, as I just thought it, let me leave you with this. I think the other thing we also kind of know, not that it isn't easy or hard to hex or curse yourself, but I also think a jinx is also what you do to yourself, most likely. I definitely am a believer in jinxes. I definitely believe, like, don't say anything out loud. You don't want the universe to hear. Oh, yeah. Knock on wood. Jinx you know? yourself. I am definitely superstitious in terms of jinxes, and I feel like I jinx myself a lot, personally. <laughs> no, like... it does take much, and I'll be like, damn it, I jinx myself. Literally, like, as soon as I feel the words coming out, and it feels like, I'm like, no, nope, never mind. I'm going to stop there. I'm not even going to think it. <laughs> this is not coming out of this literally. mouth. Uh, and at work, like... There's not a lot of wood around my workplace. Definitely not on the boat. But <laughs> as soon as somebody would say something and I was like, oh my God, you just jinxed us. I would literally knock on anything that was around three times. One, two, three. Just anything. 
Some spirit finna hear me. Some spirit. <laughs> I swear to you, it works. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a lot of talk lately in the football games about the um, reporter jinx. That if you talk about a kick right as the kick is happening, you're going to jinx it. So a lot of them won't. Yeah, they'll just shut the fuck the up. They oh my god, it's so funny. But I mean, I believe it, so I'm like, shut the fuck up. Well, it's it like reminds me of anytime you're playing like playing a game or anything like that, and somebody starts to talk about it, it's like you immediately fuck up because you pay attention to that. I literally. It's like, it's yeah. Like, as soon as you say, oh, wow, this is really easy, it stops being easy. Seriously. Like, uh, even though the reporters aren't there, you, like, something in the back of your mind must know they started talking. Like, the universe said, ping, they started talking about it. It's like, they'll be like, this is his 67th kick this year, and he's made all 67, and he's going to make this one, and then all of a sudden it dings, and he doesn't make it. You're just like, you motherfucker, you jinxed it. <laughs> Actually, I think, you know what? That goes along with my next topic. Not this one, uh-huh. but my next one. Just a little bit. Anyway. <laughs> Jinx, hex, curse. That's the difference between the three. The trio. The trio of sort of dark, spooky magic. I think you can do, like, an uncrossing if you've been hexed. Definitely if you've been, like... Like, I don't think you need an uncrossing if you've been jinxed. I think there's easier ways to deal with that. But I, if I remember correctly, you can do, like, an uncrossing to help get rid of a hex. And then, like, a curse takes more. But you might have to do the uncrossing, well, yeah. like, three or four times. But still. <laughs> yeah. All that bad energy gets tangled up in your energy, and then it's just a mess. Especially if it's a bloodline curse. Oh my god. Like, how do you even notice that? I don't know. You have to go see a witch doctor. (laughs) You have to go see a specialist. They will tell you if you're cursed. That's another thing I would say. You can definitely tell if you've been jinxed or hexed, but sometimes a curse is too big for you, and you can also be wrong about it. It's like, a curse is something I think you need to go see a professional about. They could be that spooky spooky. Right. I feel like if you do tarot, it should also come out in the tarot. Yeah. So. What's your topic? Okay. I'm going to be talking about... (laughs) I'm going to be talking about chaos magic, which, you know, goes along. Yeah, but, that's why I put it there. <laughs> but, I was like, oh, uh, this is where this should go. <laughs> I'll preface this uh, by saying that, first off, I'm not a chaos witch. So take everything that I say with a grain of salt, because it's all coming from research if you want to practice chaos magic, I would like push you to do your own research. The same thing with necromancy, get the books, do the reading, look up, listen. I tried to look up chaos magic. The only stuff that came up was Wanda and fucking Marvel. Yep. (laughs) 
they're making it very hard to do research recently. <laughs> so I would say get the books, find a podcast, find a blog, something. I definitely think it's a little bit like more ooky spooky, but it's no different than trying to learn anything else. Go find a professional. It's true. <laughs> and then the second thing I will say is jumping off of something Ryan said earlier, and that's that people like to label certain things and different types of magic as like bad because they don't understand it. So that goes along with hex, like she was just talking about hexes, jinxes, curses. Uh, it goes along with necromancy. It goes along with chaos magic. People label these things as bad because they don't understand them. But just like Ryan said, it depends on your intention. It depends on the user, whether it is bad or good intention. Or in the middle. <laughs> or in the middle. Or in the middle. So, just like with every other magic, chaos magic is not inherently bad. Yeah. Going on from there, because this is going to be a short topic, unfortunately, <laughs> and my handwriting is large, which means that my two pages <laughs> is probably actually one. But, <laughs> according to Catherine Beyer, on LearnReligions.com in her article, What is Chaos Magic? The definition of chaos magic is about using whatever ideas and practices are helpful to you in the moment. It's not the same as being eclectic because uh, eclectic witchcraft tends to still incorporate the um, rigidity of certain practices like ceremonial magic and stuff like that it still retains the rigidity but chaos magic specifically um breaks down that dogma of like i can't think of the words right now but breaks down that kind of dogma to make it more free-flowing i guess is the best way to explain it so it's a personal system that is uh like Rewind. <laughs> a personal system is never developed in chaos magic like with eclectic practices. The person figures out what is most useful for them and it can change day to day. So yes, you're picking out little bits and pieces from everything, but you're, you're not putting it in this specific pattern that's already been prescribed through the other practices. Chaos magic is less complex and it relies on tapping into the magic you uh, through personal, willful, and psychologically. That sentence didn't make sense, but I'm not going to try to do it again. So Peter J. Carroll and Austin Osmond Spare are thought to be the thought to be foundational in chaos magic with their books being the starting point for a lot of people. Mr. Carroll is actually credited with the creation of chaos magic. Mr. Spare crossed paths with Aleister Crowley and I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not going to go further with that. I did not research more into that. I don't want to research more into that. We all know. We all get it. <laughs> Alistair Crowley was problematic. <laughs> yeah. Another person was credited with creating the actual chaos magic theory, and that was Ray Sherman. So there's a lot of maybes and this person did this and that person did that, which I think is perfect for chaos magic. It's like, who did what? I don't fucking know. I don't know, man. Just choose a person. I don't know. I'm sure they contributed somehow. Uh, just like if there, everything else, chaos magic comes in many forms. Uh, it's particular to that person. So while one method may work for someone else, it may not work for you, and the opposite is also true. So, I will say, if something does not work for you, it does not mean that other person is wrong. Because I know some people can get that into that mindset, like, oh, you know, just that person's completely wrong. It's like, no, shut your mouth. <laughs> Or how about you just don't tell them what to do? Or how about so you how just about, go about your day and not worry about them? How about you mind your own business? <laughs> how about that? <laughs> how about that? But that's what I have. It was a super short topic. It was extremely hard just to get this amount of information. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, I think is perfect for chaos magic. But makes my life harder. I saw a post by like one of the peoples we follow on Instagram and she was talking about how she feels like sitting here trying to pick apart the magic and label it is a disservice and people can feel some type of way and get in some sort of mindset. And I'm like, you know what, girl, I'm glad you said it because I also agree. <laughs> but I, I also agree like on a personal level. I feel like it'd be so easy to just go, what kind of magic am I doing? And what kind of witch am I? And I do this, this, and this and kind of get stuck. That's yeah. what she's talking about, how you, you're like, oh, I'm a green witch. You can get stuck and you can make a box for yourself. And she feels like there's a certain level of like a disservice to trying to label everything. And I'm like, I agree, girl. Just go with the flow. I feel. Fuck it. Do what it, don't worry about what it's called. Especially because like <laughs> people's interests and their abilities change day to day. So it's like boxes really don't allow you to grow, you know? You know? Yeah. And they say being an eclectic type of witch is the most common thing. And I'm like, I mean, honestly, because we're all sitting here being like, girl, I don't know. I don't know what works like, for you. Yeah. Raspberry leaves. <laughs> right. Like, girl, I don't know what I am. One girl, one girl screaming in the back, raspberry leaves, and somebody else on the other side is like, time. And she's like, no, that shit sucks. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Just go with that flow, girl. Don't even worry. Don't even worry about it. Am I doing chaos magic? Should I be a chaos witch, girl? Don't even worry about it. Just do shit. <laughs> Just do magic. <laughs> <laughs> right. I never felt like dis like saying this specific type of thing. Like, oh, you know, I'm a hedge witch or something. I never really felt like that's very useful. Because I'm sitting here like, yeah, the moon makes me very energized, but so does the sun. So, uh, I don't know. Is <laughs> you get people who are like, you're a sun witch. And it's like, I mean, maybe. 
But also, I love the movie. Well, I think, I would say this. I would think, like, only call yourself a label if if it's important to, like, you personally. Like, if you feel, if you want to, I mean, also do that. <laughs> if I'm saying, you know what, fuck, don't listen to people. Also means don't listen to me. You know what, if you want to say, girl, I'm a green witch. That's what I am. I'd be like, chill. That's amazing. I'm like, glad for you. Girl, go ahead and be that, girl. <laughs> I just feel like for Chaos Magic, talking about the free-flowing and the, you know, doing what's applicable at the moment is a little bit like, it reminds me of Shakira's song of, like, Try Everything. I love that song so much. I, feel like, I kind of feel like that's my witchy resolution. It's like, girl, just do everything. Don't even worry about it. Try it. You'll know if you don't like it if you don't try it. It's like food. Yeah. <laughs> girl, do all the magic. Just do magic. <laughs> just do magic. I feel like labeling, you can get in that mode of like, oh, well, I'm not going to try this one because that's not the kind of witch I am. Being like, do it anyway. Do that spell. <laughs> like, who gives a fuck? Do it anyway. Like... If it don't work, then you know. If you didn't like it, then you know, because you tried it. But, like, do everything. Be more open-minded. What's your media? The Princess and the Frog. Aw. I love that movie. (laughs) I love that movie, and Uh, I love that music. That soundtrack is so fucking good. Since it is the fourth, meaning, for some people, it is still probably... Dia de los Muertos, and it is still spooky vibes. I bring you some voodoo. You're Hell welcome. Yes. The more skeletons. <laughs> if you like multicolored skeletons, I have like two movies for you. You're welcome. But that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about Jinxes, Hexes, and Curses, and there's a curse in this movie. Just like every other Disney movie. I just thought this one was the best choice for this episode because of the voodoo. <laughs> I literally could have picked any Disney movie. So this is the one. So if y'all have never seen Princess of Log, why? It came out in 09. Please get out from under your rock and go watch this. <laughs> <laughs> it's over a decade old. Like, you should have seen it. But if you haven't, The Princess and the Frog is an American animated musical fantasy romantic comedy film produced by Disney and released by Disney. In fact, it is Disney's 49th animated feature film. Disney's hella old, you guys. (laughs) And of course, it is based around the idea of the frog princess and the frog prince. And you know the fairy tale. So... The Princess and the Frog is set in the 1920s, which is different than lots of Disney movies with these princesses when we're kind of guessing when it is. We know when this one is. 1920s in New Orleans. And we have a black princess, praise the Lord, Miss Tiana. We also have a prince of color, praise the Lord again. We're just being fed. <laughs> and not being beautiful. They really I did give him. us everything in this movie. Prince Naveen. A snack. So cute. He is so beautiful. 
as somebody who is a Dick Grayson lover, we all know that Prince Eric has been my bae. But Prince Naveen is lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Is a lovely animated male. He gets a, a special seat at the table. The seat at the table. All the other white princes can sit down. <laughs> Prince Naveen is here and he has an accent and I love him. Hercules is kind of nice too for a himbo. <laughs> you right, he was one. Hercules was a himbo before we even knew what a himbo was. No, literally. He created the himbo name. <laughs> he is the himbo. Just, just like Zeus is the fuckboy, he is the himbo. <laughs> um, so, uh, the princess of the frog. He's also a musical, just like Coco was, if that's not your bag. Sorry. You don't watch Disney movies if that's not your bag, but I feel the need to tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you about it. So, our lovely princess future princess Tiana lives in New Orleans she's friends with one of my favorite characters that's ever existed on this planet Miss Charlotte she's so adorable that is how I envisioned myself in another (laughs) life that was me blonde and pink and I've never had people I don't want to come off like a frozen hater we've talked about frozen a bit it's just that people gave Frozen praise that other movies did and y'all just slept on. Case in point, I understand the whole sisterly relationship. I have never seen such good friends as Tiana and Charlotte. No, Because for Charlotte to be so bougie, she is such a good friend. Like, they're sisters. And I love her. I'll tell you what happens. I'll tell you why. (laughs) Uh, Tiana and Charlotte were friends since they were little girls, which you see at the start of the movie when Tiana's mother is reading them the Frog Prince story. Little did Tiana know that that was going to be her. (laughs) Little baby Tiana had no idea. So Charlotte, who is a believer in true love, finds the story nice and romantic, like, like me. I am that little girl. (laughs) Uh, Tiana declares she will never kiss a frog. Oh, Tiana jinxed herself. Hard. That was a jinx waiting just in the wings. This says in 1912 that happened, and then the movie picks back up in 1926. That was a jinx that was waiting decades. It waited 14 years for this woman. That jinx was ready. (laughs) It saw its moment and it jumped. It leaped. Like a frog. (laughs) (laughs) So, as I said, now we're in 1926. Miss Tiana is grown. And she wants to be a chef, which she's always wanted to be. You also see that. Uh, And she works her little tushy off. She eats, sleeps, and breathes work. No, literally. So she can make money so she can buy a restaurant. 
You also find out her father passed away, just like every other fucking princess. You have to have one dead parent, which makes me very sad. I'm very close to my father, so it oh, really yeah. hurts. <laughs> really hurts. Watching that movie, I started crying. I was like, no, no, not the dad. <laughs> I know it's always the mom, but I am a young black woman, and my father is black, and it just hurt a little bit too much. I'm like, no. Uh. Didn't he go Mom's off to a war alive, and that's why it happened? Yeah, he died in World War One. Yeah, so, yes. yeah, no. <laughs> too close to home. <laughs> it's too close for comfort. To... I think, I think my dad was in Iraq at that time, so way too close to home. <laughs> no. Um. So Prince Naveen shows up in New Orleans and around this time. His family has basically cut him off from all of his loot. So, I mean, he's still a prince, but he is broke. He's a broke dick prince. (laughs) You You broke-ass bitch. So uh, Naveen intends to marry a rich Southern belle, Miss Charlotte, is a rich Southern Belle. It tracks. Um, her dad is a rich Sugar Baron, and so you know to get to get his daughter, the prince she's always dreamed about. He hosts a masquerade ball. Charlotte hires Tiana to make the beignets for the ball, giving her enough money to buy an old sugar mill to convert into her restaurant because she is a good friend. That's what friends do. <laughs> Instead of going out of her way to find some fancy schmancy chef, she said, Tiana's right here. Tiana's the best chef I've ever eaten from. What am I talking about? And she right here. And she needs the money. So she doesn't have to work like this. It was a no-brainer for Charlotte. She's a good friend. (laughs) Um, Meanwhile, Naveen and his valet, who's Lawrence, meet Dr. Facilier who is honestly one of my favorite Disney villains. And that's saying something, because honestly, the Disney villains are just good. I am a bit of a villain lover in general, because they're the best characters. But, like, I I, I wish I was that a little bit. <laughs> like, in another life, I'm also Dr. Facilier and, like, Oogie Boogie. <laughs> that's... <laughs> So because Dr. Pasillier is, you know, a voodoo witch doctor, he takes them into his voodoo emporium and he says that he can make their wishes come true. It's a really cool song that comes with this scene. Yeah, it's the villain songs always are good. They're just, they're great. Of course, he's a swindler, so he doesn't give them what they really wanted inside. He basically finagled their words and gave them what they asked for, sort of, kind of. It's so, like, it's like making a bargain with a fairy. <laughs> yeah, or a genie. Yeah. Wording needs to be specific. Mm-hmm. Which, if you know anything about voodoo spirits, this ain't, this ain't new. A lot of them are tricksters, and a lot of them will do that to you, just in, just in case you're just be careful 
and not even just uh, let me just and not even just voodoo because when you have people like loki and mercury running around also hermes is also a trickster spirit but he's the most benevolent of them all so he really won't fuck you like that <laughs> loki will though so please be careful dealing with these trickster ass spirits be very specific leave no stone unturned anyway uh naveen gets turned to a frog and lawrence is given a talisman that has naveen's blood in it so he turns into naveen in appearance and facilier intends to uh, get lawrence to marry charlotte after which he will kill them charlotte he says he's gonna split his fortune which honestly this is a Disney movie, but bro, he probably go kill Lawrence too. Don't even split the money. Stupid. <laughs> he tends to take he tends to take the money because he has debts. So the ball happens, and then Tiana learns that she may lose the mill to a higher bidder. Um, Levine is a frog at this point, and he believes that she is an actual princess because she's dressed like a princess. And Naveen convinces her to kiss him to break the spell, uh, which he will give her money. And he's a liar that he doesn't have any money, but she doesn't know that. So she accepts, but she's not an actual princess. Which and she's he's broke. <laughs> he broke and she's not a princess. They're both a pair of liars. Um, so she turns it to a frog after they kiss so now we have two frogs it got worse double curse uh a chase ensues and then they escape to a bayou where they meet lewis the alligator and they also meet the firefly ray okay i was just about to say as much as i love tiana and all the other characters in the movie ray has to be my favorite <laughs> Yeah. He's such a sweet And his lovely Evangeline. He's so devoted to her. Oh. <laughs> um, they go take Tiana and Naveen to meet the voodoo queen, Mama Odie, who they believe to, who can undo the curse. Uh, of course, over all of this nice development and journey, they start to develop feelings for each other. In the meantime, Facilier makes a deal with the voodoo spirits offering them the souls of the people of New Orleans in exchange the spirits grant Facilier the services of a host of shadow demons whom he orders to find and capture Naveen. So when, when our lovely group find Mama Odie, she tells them that Naveen must kiss a true princess to break the spell. Duh. Like, I like how that got lost. It's like, what part of it did, uh, how did we just not click that Tiana was an actual princess? You just <laughs> had to find another one. Dummy. Dummy. They, they return to New Orleans, and they find Charlotte, who is the princess of the Mardi Gras parade, until midnight. So, loophole. At this point, they, they say that Naveed tells Ray that he loves Tiana and is willing to give up his dreams for her. And then he's captured by the demons. <laughs> of course. Of course. 
And then Ray goes tell Tiana that Levine loves Naveen loves her. So Tiana goes to the parade to confess her love, except she finds Lawrence, who is still masquerading as Naveen, marrying Charlotte. So Tiana thinks it's actually Naveen and he was a liar and she runs away. So Ray goes and rescues the real Naveen, who was still a frog. And he steals the charm, the talisman that was disguising Lawrence. He finds Tiana and he gives her the charm and he explains what had happened. See what, what happened, happened was. was. So Ray then turns to hold off the demon so she could escape. And then Facilier becomes worse. Let me not tell you. Let me not tell you. What you happens have to, watch. to him? What happened was Facilier then offers to make Tiana's restaurant a dream come true in exchange for the talisman. She realizes she would rather be with Naveen, regardless of the whole frog thing, and recognizes Facilier's true intentions, so she destroys the talisman by smashing it on the ground, which the uh, voodoo spirits uh, do not appreciate. <laughs> and they drag that man. Screaming away. and crying. They drag him to the spirit world for his debts with his frightened expression placed on a tombstone. They don't fuck around. I was going to say, you can't do it half-assed. So Lawrence gets taken away by the police. Naveen, who is still a frog, explains everything to Miss Charlotte. Tiana and Naveen reveal their loves to each other. Charlotte literally loses her mind because she loves the shit. She agrees to kiss Naveen so he and Tiana can be together as people because she is a good friend. But the clock strikes midnight, so the kiss fails to work. The couple decide that they are content to live together as frogs. They get married together by Mama Odie. And because of Tiana's new status as a princess, because Naveen was a prince... An actual one. You know, sometimes these Disney movies, they kind of play fast and loose with the rules. He's an actual prince. So when they get married, lo and behold, she becomes a princess. So then the married kiss makes them human again. Wow. So then they go back to New Orleans to legally marry. And then they open a restaurant. And it's lovely. So. (laughs) (laughs) I love this movie. The curse gets lifted because they figure out what needed to have happen. They went through all that trouble and it was actually for naught. He ended up kissing her at the end of breaking the spell anyway. <laughs> Fucking full circle there. Literally full circle. And it's nice to see them like get together because they uh, are not compatible at first. But also, that's just called being stubborn and close-minded. Seeing people a certain way and being wrong. They're both as bad as each other. That's why they work. <laughs> this is why we don't label. <laughs> it's a little bit... It's a modern... I was about to say, it's a little bit different. It's a modern Disney movie. Because the relationship is a bit more like... I can see it rather than the, oh, princess just gets with prince and that's how it's supposed to be. Like, no, there's some effort. There's some work 
Yeah, the characters are more 3D rather than 2D. Yeah, they both have to stop being. They have to be branching out, and they both have to develop. Which I appreciate, because it isn't like one person having to do it or something. Like, no, they're both wrong, and they both have to open up their minds and see each other a different way. A lot of shit happens when you get turned into a frog, I guess. <laughs> it changes you, I guess. And as I said, Miss Charlotte is the best. She could have just took the prince. You can't take a whole human. I mean, he wouldn't have stayed. But, like, she could have just been like, no, I wanted the prince. You didn't even want romance. You wanted to work your ass off for your whole life. But no, she didn't do that. Because she loves Tiana. And Tiana said, I'm in love with this person. And Charlotte said, cool. That's good enough for me. Cool. I'll plan your wedding. Like, I'll be like, oh. The prince was supposed to be hers. Hypothetically. And she gave him up to her friend. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) What I appreciate, she reminds me of how... I feel the same way about Charlotte as I do about Honey Lemon, even though they're two different characters. But the fact that they're both all girly, it's like they're both built to subvert the idea. Because Charlotte is rich and pretty and vain, but at the same time... Her love for Tiana is, she, nobody loves Tiana more than her. And she, like, shows that. So she's not, she's three-dimensional. Because she could just be an asshole, and this movie could be like every other movie, and just pitting two girls together. And it doesn't do that at all. I only bring up Honey Lemon because, you know, she's smart and all. So I'm like, I love girls who look a certain way, but they are written three-dimensional. Right. I know, like, you could be, like, a, a whole person. Weird how that works. How you can st- you can be feminine and still have different aspects. Like weird how you know she could be blonde and pretty and pink and rich and not be a total bitch. Crazy. <laughs> anyway, it kind of this movie also kind of subverts the curse idea. So if you're tired of the whole thing, this is a little bit different. We have double curse. Shit happens. The curse doesn't immediately get broken. That's Princess and the Frog. It's what do you have? Good movie. I, um, like I am talking about an older movie. Actually, they yeah, right. I would say that Sinbad is older. Um, I'm talking about Sinbad: Legend of the Seven Seas. Man, yes. I haven't watched this movie in forever, but I remember I loved it so much. Yes, it's like I would watch this movie and Treasure Planet in the same night, typically. They don't go together, but they're just so good. Anyways. They're both movies that are underappreciated. I agree. (laughs) Yeah, underappreciated is a good word for it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas, is a 2003 American animated adventure film produced by DreamWorks Animation and distributed by DreamWorks Pictures. The film, which combines traditional animation with some computer animation was directed by Tim Johnson and Patrick Gilmore in the in the latter's directorial debut and written by John Logan and stars the voices of Brad Pitt, Catherine Zeta Catherine Zeta Jones, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Joseph Fiennes. Yeah, 
Finesse? How do you say his name? Anyway. It covers the story of Sinbad, voiced by Pitt. Brad Pitt. That's just weird. Why didn't you write his whole name out? A pirate who travels the seas with his dog and his loyal crew, alongside Marina, voiced by Zeta Jones, the fiancé of his childhood friend Prince uh, Proteus, voiced by Finesse, to recover the... Fines. Huh? I had to look it up. I had to look it up. Fines. Okay, fines. It's the same as it's the same as Ray Fines, who is the dude who is Voldemort. Ah. Uh, yeah. To recover anyway. the Book of Peace from Eris, voiced by Pfeiffer, to save Proteus from accepting Sinbad's death sentence. The film blends elements from the 1001 Nights and classic, classical mythology. <laughs> so, let's see. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh at you. <laughs> classical. Classical. I had a lisp moment. You know, it's... That's such a dick move, putting an S in lisp. Lisp. Fucking dickheads. Oh my god, it's so horrible. Anyway, so... Sinbad and his pirate crew attempt to steal the magical Book of Peace and hold it for ransom as one last job before retiring to Fiji. Sinbad, man, Fiji comes up so often in this movie. He really just wants to go to Fiji. Um, Sinbad is surprised to see it is being protected while on board uh, to Syracuse, Sicily, by... Uh, Prince Proteus of Syracuse. Proteus was Sinbad's best friend as a child, and he tells him if it ever meant anything, he can prove it. Sinbad tries to steal the book anyway, but is prevented when, uh, Cetus? Cetus? Probably Cetus. Attacks the ship. The two work together to fight off Cetus and for a moment reaffirm their bond. Just when it seems the beast is defeated, Sinbad is dragged off the ship. Proteus goes to save Sinbad, but he is stopped by his crew. Drawn underwater, uh, underwater by Cetus, which is, I'm pretty sure this is a kraken, but I don't know why they didn't explain that. <laughs> Let's see. Cetus. Yeah. In ancient Greek. Um, yeah, Katos. Yeah. That's what they call them is a huge sea like. creature or sea monster. According to the mythology, Perseus slew Cetus to save Andromeda from being sacrificed to it. The terms uh, cesarean derives from Cetus. Oh, no, not cesarean, cetacean. <laughs> I can't read. Cool, good to know that I can't read still. <laughs> Drawn underwater by Cetus, Sinbad is saved by the beautiful goddess of discord, Eris, which is why I bring this up. She is the goddess of chaos. Yay. Who offers him any boon he desires in exchange for the Book of Peace. Sinbad and his crew go to Syracuse to steal the book, but leave without doing so. Anticipating this, Eris impersonates Sinbad and steals the book herself. Sinbad is sentenced to death, whereupon Proteus sends Sinbad to retrieve the book instead, placing himself as a hostage, and Proteus's fiancée, Lady Marina, goes to make sure that Sinbad succeeds. 
To prevent them from succeeding, Eris sends a group of mythical sirens, which are the, uh, the Greek sirens, and they're terrifying, uh, who entrance and seduce the men aboard Sinbad's ship with their hypnotic singing voices, but do not affect, but do not affect Marina, who pilots the ship to safety. The goddess of discord later sends a rock, which is an enormous legendary bird of prey in the popular mythology of the Middle East, which capt captures Marina, but she is rescued by Sinbad. So on and so forth. They grow through all of these different trials. Love blooms. <laughs> and yes, Sinbad does end up in Fiji eventually. Oh, great. After a very long voyage, they have a lot of shit happen to them. But Eris is the, um, she's the one who causes it, causes it all. There's like a really cool scene where she's in her realm and she's just pissed off that they didn't get the book for her. And uh, she like plucks, like she pulls out the creatures from the night sky they're uh, the, um, the constellation. She pulls them down, and then she sends them out to go stop the boat to keep them from doing what they need to do, you know? Mm. It's a very good movie. Yes, it is a child's movie. So? But it is good. Children's movies are sometimes good shit, okay? A lot of the times, I think. Most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. But I that's what I have. I Michelle Pfeiffer was the voice of Eris. That just makes her ten times better now. <laughs> I love Michelle Pfeiffer. I loved Eris. Like, same, Sinbad. Same. Fucking drooling like a dog. I'm like, you know what? I'm down. <laughs> that's good enough for me. I love Eris. I love Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer voice errors. Perfect. I'm chill. <laughs> <laughs> but that is what I have. I am I am done. <laughs> well. <sighs> Short. Short boy. Short topic. Short boy. I mean, there's no reason to beat the dead horse. <laughs> if you would like to hear more from us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast. You can also shoot us an email, Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Society6, which is also Mixed Witches Podcast, or you can head over to our website, which has all of our episodes and some blog posts, which is at mixedwitchespodcast.squarespace.com. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you learned something along the way. And yeah. uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. When we were young, our minds were getting faded. Did not appreciate all that they created. We're chasing after that witch's brew. Damn, 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 damn. Thinking more, but doing less. Keeping score, but failing at the test, y'all. Chasing after that witch's brew. Damn, 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 damn. Chasing after that witch's brew. You got.
got nothing better to do Cause you're sailing down the easiest street again Damn, X marks the spot, or is it O? Getting high then, feeling so low Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn Damn, 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 damn,